Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including Keith Law. Keith Law is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. He'll be joining us and talking about public education in Florida. Seat Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006. He's going to do some, some more work on me soon. He'll be joining us. He's an orthopedic surgeon, as well as Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well. It is June the 2nd, and on this day in 1935, Babe Ruth, one of the greatest players in the history of baseball, ended his major league career after 22 seasons, 10 World Series, 714 home runs. The following year, he, a larger-than-life figure whose name became synonymous with baseball, was one of the first five players inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame. George Herman Ruth was born in February 6, 1895, in a poor family in Baltimore. As a child, he was sent to St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys, which is pretty much of a truancy school, a school run by Roman Catholic brothers where he learned to play baseball, and he was an outstanding athlete. At 19, Ruth was signed by the Baltimore Orioles. His fellow teammates and the media began referring to him as team owner as Jack Dunn's newest babe, a nickname that stuck. Ruth would later acquire other nicknames, including the Sultan of Swat and the Bambino. Ruth made his Major League debut as a left-handed pitcher with Red Sox in July 1914 and pitched 89 winning games for the team before 1920, when he was traded to the New York Yankees after Ruth left Boston in what became known as the Curse of the Bambino. The Red Sox didn't win another World Series until 2004. In New York, Ruth's primary position changed to outfielder, and he led the Yankees to seven American League pennants and four World Series victories. He was a huge star in New York and attracted so many fans that the team was able to open a new stadium in 1923, Yankee Stadium, dubbed the House That Ruth Built, the Southpaw Sluggers. Uh, by the way, I think he was traded for enough money because the owner of the Red Sox wanted to invest in No No Nanette, a Broadway musical. <laughs> Anyhow, the South Bay Slugger's final season in 1935 was with the Boston Braves. He joined the Braves with the hope that he'd become the team's manager in the next season. However, the dream never came to pass for a disappointed Ruth, who had a reputation for excessive drinking, gambling, and womanizing. Many of the records that Ruth remained in place for decades, his career home record, home run record, stood until 1974 when it was broken by Hank Aaron, Ruth's record of 60 home runs in a single season of 154 games was bested, wasn't invested until 1961 when Roger Maris knocked out 61 homers in an extended season of 162 games. That's eight more games. The Salton Swats' career slugging percentage of 690 remains the highest in Major League history. Ruth died of throat cancer at the age of 53 on August the 16th, 1948. In New York City, his uh, body lay in state at Yankee Stadium for two days and was visited by over 100,000 fans. The Babe, Babe Ruth, amazing athlete, pitcher as well as batter. Now, we're seeing this with Otani right now. 
Uh, let's see how he does. He's, he's a great athlete as well. Well, by 2027, Southwest Florida International Airport could see handled more than its rising number of passengers it currently has. The Lee County Port Authority's board has taken the first step towards adding a new concourse. On May the 5th, the board, made up of county commissioners, unanimously agreed to extend a contract with engineering consultant Atkins North America to design Concourse E. Initially, the new concourse will add 14 new gates, increasing the total number by 50%. Currently, the airport has 28 gates and three concourses spread across its single terminal. The design work should be completed in 18 to 24 months, and construction should take about three years. Absent delays or other surprises, that means the new concourse could be open in about five years or in 2027. Preliminary estimates put the cost of the new phase of the construction at $600 million. Besides the new concourse, the project will add vehicle lanes to the upper roadway system, airline ticket counters, restrooms, taxiways, and a lot of amenities. In March, the airport saw more than 1.5 million passengers making up for the busiest month in its 39-year history. As of April, uh, passenger traffic was up 34% from last year. Can you believe it? That's amazing. The initial project is expected to generate 1,000 construction jobs. It'll expand the terminal to about 960,000 square feet. Funding is coming for the Florida Department of Transportation, airport user fees, construction reserves, and revenue bonds. Uh, doesn't say really whether we'll see new destinations, but I'm sure we will, which is just pretty amazing. I still know of people that fly that uh, drive over to Miami, for example, or Fort uh, Lauderdale in order to catch flights to different locations that aren't served by this airport. Hopefully uh, that'll change. Governor Ron DeSantis said Israel's decision to move the U.S. headquarters of its national airline, Ed Al, from New York City to Broward County is an example of Florida's successful leadership. He said, we're proud to be the hub for international tourism. The airline headquarters will relocate to Margate in Broward County. Airline officials reportedly made the decision to relocate to South Florida after vetting the area for schools, religious facilities, and the accessibility to aviation industry talent. I sat on the meetings. I watched them morph into an amazing dialogue and partnership that, according to Major Michael Udine, the L Ed L people really loved what they, we had to offer. So congratulations again. Another example of leadership in South Florida, bringing Ed L down from New York City to Broward County. Well, New York Times reportedly had reported evidence suggesting broad mask mandates have not helped reduce the spread of COVID, vindicating Governor Ron DeSantis to stand against mask mandates for Florida. Now, mind you, this is the New York Times reporting this. The Times reported that the masks worked and mask mandates do not work. Uh, Leonard, Leonard reports that the COVID has spread at a similar rate in cities with mask mandates compared to those without mandates. These mandates have done little to reduce the spread in schools. DeSantis has fiercely stood against mask mandates and lockdowns, even though he faced criticism for the decisions. Boy, did he. In 2021, he made comments that it is totally unacceptable for the government to impose these mandates on parents and kids. A scientific study from Johns Hopkins University showed COVID-19 ordered lockdowns have effectively no noticeable impact on COVID-19 mortality rates in the United States or Europe. And another report citing a study in the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, now that's the CDC, on their website says lockdowns are strongly linked to poor health outcomes. What kind of decisions are those? 
Thank you, Governor DeSantis, again. <clears throat> I haven't followed this too carefully and don't really care about it, but Johnny Depp's victory in his defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife Amber Heard as media pundits and other commentators declaring the end of a reign of terror known as the Me Too movement, which for years has elevated accusations over due process and replaced trial by jury with trial by media. On Wednesday, a jury vindicated Hollywood star Johnny Depp, declaring that Amber Heard defamed him in an op-ed in the Washington Post in which she claimed to be a victim of spousal abuse. The jury awarded Depp $15 million in damages. Actually, it's reduced down to ten point. Three five million because uh, there's only uh, a limitation on certain types of damages. Anyhow, the uh, Victor verdict has uh, launched a number of obituaries for the Me Too movement, which commentators declaring that the era of believing all women is officially over. Depp won in the court of public opinion and in the court of law. Uh, that's the end of the Me Too movement, according to Rich Zioli, a host of Philadelphia's talk show on WPHT. Well, it's just another form of identity politics. It's glad to see it go, if in fact it is gone. But uh, congratulations to Johnny Depp. And I hope this is a message to everyone that you can be a big loser if you defame somebody without evidence of uh, your comments. Well, it's pretty rare for a member of the Biden administration, let alone the federal government, to admit when they're wrong about something. But on Tuesday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen confessed that she was wrong about inflation when she said in 2021 that it was only a small risk. On uh, Tuesday evening, she told CNN's Wolf Blitzer that her uh, prediction was incorrect due to unpredictable shocks to the market that she didn't fully understand. A recent report from Bloomberg found that record high inflation rates will mean the average U.S. household has to spend an extra $5,200 or $433 a month compared to last year for the same consumption basket. $5,200 a year. That's a lot of money. A report from the Joint Economic Committee Republicans said March that in March, when prices were generally lower than they are now, the Americans in the mountain region, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming, are experiencing the highest inflation rates with over $500 a month in household costs in January. Still, Yellen insists on insisted on CNN that Biden understands what's important and a huge burden inflation is placing on American households. I have serious doubts about that. He wrote a column for the New York Times. I don't know. Or, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal. Saying, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But while speaking to investors and analysts, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon recently said that a hurricane is coming in the U.S. economy. Words like these are not encouraging for millions of Americans who are already struggling financially, but this is the reality we are facing. Right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. Everyone thinks the Fed can handle this, Diamond said. Well, I don't, but nevertheless, he said the hurricane is right out there, down the road, coming our way. Jamie Dimon, one of the great leaders in the financial industry, saying we have a hurricane, financial hurricane on its way. So I mentioned the editorial in the Wall Street Journal. It's... Uh, Joe Biden's editorial on my plan for fighting inflation. I won't meddle with the Fed, but I will tackle high prices while guiding the economy's transition to stable and steady growth. That's his claim. 
And here's uh, just some, some of the words out of the column. It says, the global economy faces serious challenges. Inflation is elevated, exacerbated by Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. Energy markets are in turmoil. Supply chains that haven't fully healed are causing shortages and price hikes. Americans are anxious. I know that feeling. I grew up in a family, blah, blah, blah. He goes on about how poor he was when his kids sitting around the kitchen table complaining about no money and no food. Well, anyhow, we know that's not true, but... Uh, he it said, in January 2021, when I took office, the recovery had stalled. Now, that's just blatantly false. The economy grew at an annualized rate of 4.5% in the fourth quarter of 2020. GDP growth in the most recent quarter was minus 1.5%. So he didn't hit the economy had stalled when he started. And then he said, in less than a year and a half, my administration's economic vaccination plans helped achieve the most robust recovery in modern history. The job market is the strongest since the post-World War II era with 8.3 million new jobs. That's patently false. From May 2020 to January 2021, employment grew by 12.5 million, more than Biden's 8.3 million. From April 2020 to July to January 2021, the unemployment rate fell from 14.7% to 6.4%, a decline of 8.3%. That's certainly more than Biden's 2.6%. And he said the fastest decline in unemployment on record and millions of Americans getting jobs with better pay. Well, that's false. Over the last 12 months, real wages have been down 2.8%. Earnings have only risen 55 while inflation has t- gone up 8.3%. The average American, as we uh, mentioned earlier, has lost about $1,350 in purchasing power from the president's inflation plan. And it goes on. In other words, the whole predicate of this thing is based on it's false. Joe Biden, uh, we can't count on him to tell us the truth. He doesn't give us a straight scoop. And his plan, by the way, is more of the green energy nonsense. It's just going to lead to worse results. Unless we actually get uh, start turn around and become energy independent again, we're going to see these higher prices uh, in the immediate and uh, long-term future. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a a grassroots uh, coalition of uh, well over 100 grassroots groups uh, across Florida. Uh, We focus on K-12 education. we're, we're really working hard to try to get rid of the indoctrination in our schools and to uh, to expand uh, parental school choice. So uh, we worked on some uh, other items involved in that, but those are the major ones. Yeah, GoFLCA is the website, GoFLCA.com. Uh, terrific website. I hope you'll check it out. By the way, in addition to that, you're also providing some great nonpartisan information about upcoming elections in uh, some of the forums that you're doing. We have a uh, our, our third uh, school board forum uh, is on June 7th at uh, New Hope Ministries at 6 o'clock. So um, interestingly enough, all of the challengers are going to be there with with one exception. And uh, none of, uh, as of now, none of the incumbents are coming. They're choosing, uh, I'm not sure I understand their calculus, but they're choosing to... Uh, to kind of hide from the public when it comes to some of the issues we've been holding them accountable for. Yeah, I guess uh, they so. figured that name recognition is going to get it done for them. Um, my hope is that we're going to see all the incumbents ousted and we're going to see new people coming in and they're going to do a good job for our kids. I hope so anyhow. Well, um, as a 501c3, we can't tell you who to vote for or vote against, but uh, I certainly encourage people to pay attention to their track record. Well, and uh, pay attention to the election. It's a big deal. And by the way, this comes up in August, does it not? Uh, the primary election is August 23rd. And what most people don't realize is that 90% of uh, incumbents in school board races get elected in the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all they need is 50% plus one vote. And they're elected and they never go to the general. So uh, it, with a large turnout and with uh, at least three candidates running in each School district, school district. Uh, there's a stronger likelihood that the top two will have to go to the general. So, uh, yeah. I really encourage people to get to to get informed on what's going on in the school board. 
Um, you know, it's a national issue, uh, but even here in, in Collier County, uh, you know, 40% of our kids can't read and do math at grade level. And uh, we have all of this uh, objectionable materials in terms of pornography that we've documented in the school systems. And uh, the incumbents are defending that. So yeah. people should be paying attention. Absolutely. And again, it's the biggest item, budget item, in terms of taxes. We pay over a billion dollars a year in taxes here in Collier County for education. And we're not paying enough attention to what's going on. So I encourage you, as Keith said, to uh, find out about the candidates. Let's put the best people in there possible. Now, how are we doing on this? Uh, I, I understand that there's a, kind of a, a dust up about the uh, textbooks in Collier County. How's that issue going? Well, um, we, we've been fighting, and I'm going to switch gears just slightly with you, about We've been fighting the, the, the um, pornography and age-inappropriate materials that are in our media centers. And we, we did a public records request uh, against all 67 counties on 58 novels that parents and grandparents brought to us. Collier County has 66% of those. And they're, they're, many of them just outright violate Florida statute. And uh, they're choosing on advice of lawyers, uh, uh, their, their attorney Fishbane, uh, to, uh, to keep those books. And what they've come, done is they've come, uh, come up with a, uh, I'm going to call it a policy, although it wasn't clear in the last school board meeting, uh, as an informational item. They didn't even have the courage to vote on it, mm. on an informational item. Uh, they introduced a, 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 a process by which they're going to now put a committee of p- eight people in place. Uh, and so if a parent or anyone in the resident in the county has an objection, they have to go through a formal process to file the complaint. And then this committee will review it against the, sta- the uh, standards and against the statutes to see whether it violates the law. Um, but they're choosing to keep all 50, uh, you know, all uh, 38 of these uh, 58 books. So, um, and again, many of them, uh, several of them, our uh, county sheriff has told us they would arrest us if we tried to put them on, uh, you know, go on school property. So um, what's, what's really interesting, and I pointed out a major shortcoming in, in their, their policy, uh, when a parent files a complaint on a book, they automatically and immediately qualify for the Hope Scholarship. Huh. And they don't even mention that in this, uh, this new, quote, policy, informational policy they're putting forward. Uh, so we're holding their feet to the fire on that. But uh, it, it really gives uh, parents the opportunity, if, if they f- find these materials, uh, to get up to an $8,000 scholarship to go to a private school of their choice per year. Uh, here in Collier County. So it's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal, and it's not only private, but you can go to any school. You can choose another school. It could be a public school as well, but irrespective, uh, parents have a lot more uh, authority than uh, most school districts provide in, uh, here in Florida. So I just encourage uh, parents, grandparents to get involved. Again, go to the website, goflca.com, goflca.com, and find out about the terrific things that the Florida Citizens Alliance is doing to improve public education here in the state of Florida. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Have a great weekend, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more 
Bob Harton Show, here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com. Or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and the globalists don't. Yeah, it's a big task in front of us. Well, you've written a couple of great columns. One of them is so interesting about uh, 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 the food system, U.S. food system. Apparently, the Biden administration wants to transform U.S. food system. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I saw that. He gave uh, the Tom Vilsack is the uh, agriculture secretary. He was also the agriculture secretary for eight years under Obama, and he's obviously on board with the globalist agenda. He wants to transform. He gave a speech yesterday about transforming the U.S. food system, and I, I jokingly said, you mean fundamentally, in reference to Barack Obama saying he wants to fundamentally transform the United States of America. Right. And that's what, that's what they're doing. They're, he's going to spend $4 billion largely on greening up, meaning climate change nonsense, uh, you know, getting rid of diesel, getting rid of oil and gas. It's, it's the same agenda, just applied to the food sector. And as we've seen, their agenda applied to every other sector is awful for those sectors. <laughs> so it's going to be awful for the food sector as well. And I just wanted to point out that, you know, they're marching ahead a pace 
um, with, with, with every, in every direction, every conceivable direction, with this globalist anti-America agenda. And that's what transforming the U.S. food system means. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know if you saw the editorial, the column on May the 30th in the Wall Street Journal that uh, Biden wrote, my plan for fighting inflation. It includes, you know, that things are going to get a lot better because he's going to create all these uh, alternative energy resources that are going to make things better for us. Things just get worse by the day as uh, it's, there's just absolutely no. It's very difficult to sell your agenda as improving things. Things keep getting worse. Um, nothing in life gets worse, gets worse, gets worse, gets worse, and then gets better. No. And then, you know, magically leaps forward from where you were before you started getting worse. It never, ever works that way. And, you know, it, as I read through the, his editorial, it's just one lie after another. He since I took off, his families have increased their savings and have less debt. <laughs> he says. He's, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what, well they're, they're, you know, they, they say Figures lie and liars figure. Yeah, he's counting. He's counting some things on the positive side of the ledger and nothing on the negative. Yeah. Yes, they wrote fourteen hundred dollars checks to people, but they're not counting what inflation's done to that fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah. And how it's more than wiped out that fourteen hundred dollars. He's doing that all across the board. It's like, it's like what he's doing with oil and gas, for example. He's saying, "Oh, I've, I've increased the number of leases for oil and gas drilling." What he doesn't tell you is they block everything with environmental reviews. Right. So, so, yes, he can say, I've increased leases, but has he increased oil production? The answer, of course, is no. He's killed it with, by other means. Yeah, I think, I think it's just not selling in Peoria. Peoria. I, guess, I, I would guess that most people feel like I do. They just have are, are very uh, distrustful of this president and the things that he says and the claims that he makes. Prime, you know, Not only because of what he says is not true, but also because of his history of all kinds of uh, deception and oh, lies. This is what we get for electing somebody who lied his way through life. Yeah. I mean, elections have consequences. We knew who this person was, and I'll, I'll go back to it. I felt it in my gut, and then 2,000 mules proved that he didn't actually win. Yeah. So, I mean, now, of course, it's frightening how many people still vote Democrat today in this country. If they hadn't cheated, Trump would have won, but it was still razor thin close. Well, do you know, I have to wonder, where are we as a country if Biden could get within a country mile of winning a a national election? And the fact that he he got where he did, I, I think, is a glaring... Uh, that black mark on America. Well, and that, you know, I personally believe that the election was stolen. And just the 2,000 mules, happy you brought that up. And I just encourage our listeners to view it because it's, it's had a lot of views. And it, I think, proves absolutely that the election was stolen. And that's not even okay. with the information about the Dominion uh, voting machines. Well, yes. It doesn't even look at that. It just looks at the, at the, the, the ballot stuffing. Uh, of the 2,000 mules. I mean, if you watch the movie, a very quick summation is they had a very high threshold what counted as a mule for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had to do so many different ballot boxes, I think it was 15 or more, something really high. So people who who stuffed 12 ballot boxes didn't count (laughs) in the the count. And even with just that high threshold, the number of votes that would have switched or not happened for Biden uh, would have handed Trump the election. Um, it's it's a total it's a total ripoff. It's a total, it's the biggest political scandal in American history, even more than 
Trump Russia, which was the entire government attacking a candidate and then a president from within for having the audacity to not be a globalist and a, and a DC insider. Um, this country's in trouble because, again, if, if human nature is if I got away with a five heist, I'm going for six or seven next time. And if I get away with six or seven, I'm going for nine or ten. Yeah. And I think stealing a national election is a nine or ten. And the reason we got there is because we spent decades letting these people get away with, you know, ever increasing levels of, of crime and mendacity. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that everybody's aware of it, but we continue to see this whole process grind through. And even though there are obstructionists on the Democrat side about getting information revealed, every place from uh, Arizona to uh, to uh, uh, Pennsylvania. This is an example of the system is how does Sussman get off being committing perjury? The whole case hinged on was he a Clinton lawyer? He was a Clinton lawyer. Yeah. But because it was an Obama judge and a bunch of DC insider jurists, they just, they, they oh, he, as I've been saying for years, Democrats don't go to jail. That's they right. don't. They don't go to jail. It's, we'll, we'll end with that. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit their very robust website, lessgovernment.org. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. He's my orthopedic surgeon. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. 
help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities, visit www.optimaed.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I'm going to have a hip replacement on June the 9th. He'll perform the operation. I just uh, think he's probably the best orthopedic surgeon in the globe. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Bob. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to you. I'm, I may be a little biased, but that's just how I feel. Anyhow, you know, I, I thought it might be interesting to talk about. I, I found out uh, having getting this full hip replacement uh, th- that I need, and I'm looking forward to getting it behind me. That apparently it's it's or not only apparently I know it's it's outpatient surgery, and it's just amazing to me that a full hip replacement could be outpatient. Is this fairly a new development? Well, it's it's new and it's not new. Um, a lot of patients over the years, when we did it in a hospital setting, just got up and went. And for we didn't understand all the factors that made that, you know, possible. Uh, knee replacements and hip replacements are a little bit different, Bob. So it's been a while since we did your knees, and that is a different ball of wax. The hips. Uh, obviously a bigger joint, uh, closer to some, you know, spinal elements and things like that. And and so to work out those variables that made people heal faster uh, and get out of the gate quicker uh, took a little bit more to figure out. Um, We, our impetus was we had been doing knees for for quite a while and sending them home uh, out of that hospital setting. Hospitals are scary places. Hospitals are for sick people. Hospitals have a lot of germs, you know, colonizing around them. And and so I have always tried to gravitate away from the hospital setting if I could Mm -hmm. and also try to minimize the exposure of my patients to unsavory elements in terms of, you know, their their health. So um, this has been an ongoing challenge. Um, In hip replacements, interestingly enough, my sister was really the impetus for this because in the middle of COVID, she had a horrible hip event and pain and so forth. She lives out in San Francisco, and it was very frustrating to not be able to address that. So we worked on our protocols. We got everything streamlined in terms of pain management and all the things that I needed to do, and that created the environment where we could safely and effectively do outpatient hip replacements. That's so interesting. Now, I had uh, back surgery, pretty major back surgery, actually, in 2021, maybe 15, 16 months ago. Uh, The body, I would imagine, that you have to kind of take things into account and uh, what's going on in the body besides just it's just not going into doing a hip. Uh, Any any thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. So uh, you're absolutely right. The, The spinopelvic association or sometimes dissociation is exceedingly important to understand if you're going to do hip replacement. Um, And so there's a lot of people that have had, well, a lot of people have spine problems, and many of them have had surgical treatment. And depending on how that surgery is done and how stiff the spine is, it it can 
change the uh, both the approach and the orientation of the implants. So the goal of any replacement surgery is to get well-aligned, well-fixed implants that marry to the body as effectively as possible to restore the mechanics. And when you have extensive spine surgeries, infusions, and things like that, <clears throat> the most understanding you can have to try to uh, plan for that, the better. So as you know, we use a protocol where we can optimize the positioning of the implants based on objective information, which helps me hit that sweet spot in terms of uh, function and a quicker recovery. That is so amazing and so interesting to me. I mean, I have to admit that uh, I have not severe uh, shooting pain, but uh, rather constant pain as a result of the hip. But people shouldn't really deal with, shouldn't have to deal with pain uh, constantly, should they? I mean, there are solutions, uh, in ter- and, and frankly, hip replacement. What's, what's the likelihood of uh, being clear of pain after hip surgery? Exceedingly likely. Hips are the best thing there is in medicine. Hmm. There's nothing that any doctor can offer any patient that works as well in terms of restoring quality of life and eliminating pain. And so, you know, just like you're a golfer and many people, all my patients would rather die than not play tennis and golf, you know. So (laughs) it's hitting that sweet spot. It's hitting that driver, you know, right down the fairway and getting it right in a perfect lie. That's what we want. Some people think a robot can help in that endeavor. Well, uh, you know, I would submit to you that that may not always be the case. We've used robots uh-huh. uh, sparingly over the years, and, and I could tell you that using uh, CT data, using <clears throat> uh, dynamic X-rays, using 30 years of experience, uh, I could probably beat the robot uh, in in 95% of situations. That's so interesting. How about uh, it used to be, and I haven't heard it lately, but people were promoting lasers as a way to make back surgery even safer. Is that uh, any comments on that? So I stopped doing back surgery a long time ago, and I could tell you lasers have been used in a variety of medical applications and therapy applications. Mm-hmm. It comes, it goes, and when it goes, it's probably better. Yeah, lasers. It's just you still get. It's a, still a cut. So uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And like I say, doctor, I really am so glad I'm in your hands. I'm happy that you're performing the operation. I'm looking forward to recovery after the night. And by the way, any comments on recovery? How how, how long should you think about uh, being? You know, uh, is it going to be tender, and uh, we'll be back out playing golf? Yeah. So everybody's a little bit different, Bob. Mm-hmm. That being said. Uh, you're going to be in less pain than you are now quickly. Within a couple of weeks, you're going to note a big difference. And how quickly people get up and go is oftentimes what they bring to the table, how their muscles are, what kind of soft tissue contractors they have, what are their motivations, what's their pain threshold. Everybody's a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. I anticipate a very robust recovery uh, I think you're an excellent judge of character. I'm going to take great care of you. <laughs> and uh, within two to three months, you're going to be kicking yourself that you didn't do it sooner. The only limit I tell my patients is in terms of hip replacements and knee replacements, is if you're going to uh, skydive, you know, jump out of a plane, I insist that you use a parachute. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. That's not on my bucket list, quite frankly. 
Dr. Dr. George Markovich, don't put up with pain. Quite frankly, if you're dealing with pain, I just encourage you to uh, check, especially joint pain, just to get it checked out by uh, Dr. Markovich. With my knees, he spent a couple of years uh, just kind of me nursing me through the process until I uh, thought that, hey, I just can't deal with the pain anymore. We'll have to deal, do something. And uh, he performed uh, knee surgery for me. So I'm just so grateful for that. And again, looking forward to putting hip surgery behind me. And uh, you can do the same thing. If you have any pain, uh, give Dr. Markovich a call. 482-5399. 482-5399 is the phone number. Dr. Markovich, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have my a great pl- day. My pleasure. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Dr. Uh, excuse me, uh, Bill Barnett. He's the former mayor of Naples. Uh, before I do that, just a little shout-out to our advertisers. I'm just so uh, pleased that uh, we have great advertisers here on the show, and they uh, really make the show pro- uh, possible. So some expenses involved in this entire process, and uh, they support me, and I hope you support them as well. So the advertisers that you hear in the commercials, I hope you'll just thank them if you enjoy the show. And by the way, uh, let your friends know if you enjoy the show. Just uh, give them a, let them know that uh, you can hear the Bob Harden Show on a number of uh, outlets, podcast outlets like uh, iTunes and TuneIn and so forth, but also on the uh, website, bobhardinetthotmail.com. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, among other things, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the very robust website, thefga.org. We have with us one of the great Americans, well, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for that great intro, Bob. I don't know how I'm going to handle myself the rest of the day with that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, well, every, you know, when I say that, I just think about you being on the news outlets talking about the hurricane back in the day, and uh, you became an international star at that time. Yeah, yeah, boy, I remember that. That was just pure adrenaline, you know. Well, but you, uh, <laughs> be, you're out there, told. out there watching out for us, so we appreciate it so much. Well, thanks. So, um, Anyway, we uh, I don't know if we're going to get some weather or not. What's uh, what's your latest uh, uh, on this uh, storm? Well, you know, I, uh, frankly, I haven't paid attention to it. Now, I, I, I know that uh, I've forgotten the name of the first storm, but it passed into Mexico and it could snap back up here into someplace like uh, Tampa. Is this a new storm yeah. that's coming? That, that's what they're saying. But, uh, yes, yeah, I think it's still too early to tell. So, uh, but is there a new storm brewing? Um, well, yeah, it's the same one. I mean, they were talking about, uh, uh, I, I didn't look at it, but I think it said in the paper, uh, experts ingredients for recipe for hurricane havoc, but, uh, I'm, I'm not sure they were talking about this particular storm or not. So, yeah. um, I guess we'll find out, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I saw in the Naples daily news, uh, the, uh, donkey press, as I like to call it, that yes. uh, they're expanding the airport up in uh, uh, Florida International Airport, Southwest Florida yeah, International Airport. Yeah, and, and um, I, you would also hear, I heard this, and uh, I was blown away because neither, neither Chris nor I knew anything about it, but you know, there's a, um, they're having a meeting now. I don't know if it's tonight or uh, uh, next day or so, and, and, and Council Member Petronoff uh as i think she's very involved in this there there's a group of people that are that are meeting quite a few i understand and they want to they not only want to clo close the airport they want to move the airport here we go again right how many years bob oh i know we've been listening to this now this is the uh, naples uh, airport yeah naples where do they airport. where do they want to move it uh well i heard <laughs> listen to this I heard, and don't don't hold me to this, but because it's not under, uh, you know, they didn't catch it officially. But someone who who really knows what they're talking about said that um, Petronoff had said they wanted to move it out near the landfill, <laughs> and and Chris Rosansky, the uh, ch chair of the uh, airport authority, uh, I mean the director said, well you can't you can't you couldn't do that anyway because of the birds. And they said, birds? What do you mean birds? Well, birds hang out at the landfill. Do you see them being sucked into jet, into jet engines? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so the, I don't know where they're meeting, but I'll get you more details. Um, but, Bob, I mean, it was about airport noise, okay? They're, yeah. they're tired of the noise, and they're tired of whatever. And, and you and I have been going through this for, yeah, it's old Naples, uh, have been going through this for, Oh my gosh! Years and years and years, and they they just don't have any any clue about what it would uh, 
it would it would it would take to do something like that. The federal dollars that would be lost, um, and there's no place for it to go anyway. Hey, one more thing for your comment on the uh, Naples Daily News. I believe it's um, it was yesterday's um, no and today on the front page. They have a thing to our readers. Opinion pages content is changing, and you get a chance to take a look at that. Okay, all right. They're um, they're tightening up on their opinion page. They don't want you, let's just say, as uh, as Joe Citizen, to write in with a uh, uh, prejudice or biased opinion. They don't they don't want to print them anymore. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll let you uh, see what you make of that, and um, and then we'll talk about that. Well, I, well, you know, it's kind of interesting to me because I read. Uh, the opinions in the Naples Daily News daily, just about. And, uh, and, right. Uh, and uh, it, it almost occurs to me that they must be hiring somebody to write these absurdities. And so, <laughs> they, they, well, you know, some of the stuff is so stupid. It's just unbelievable. It says, you know, for starting this week, we will no longer have opinion pages on Monday through Friday. Now, how's that for openers? And then on Saturdays, our opinion page will be focused on letters to the editor that are highly concentrated on local, regional, and state issues that affect our communities. Um, so, and then the Sunday's perspective section will will continue to provide guest columns of local interest and letters to the editor. Uh, we are also seeking to bring back editorial cartoons at your request. Well, all I see about those editorial cartoons are you got to stop putting those editorial cartoons in the paper because they're disgusting so yeah that's I, right. you know i don't know what they're doing candidly i understand they're down to about 20 full-time employees at the naples daily news i mean this the the paper was really robust and full it's about an inch thick back in the day about 20 years ago now it's, it's almost uh I, I they discontinued uh Production of the paper on uh, Memorial Day, it just makes me wonder if yes. they're not going to be lead- leaving, uh, leading to more reductions in print uh, advertising and print uh, paper. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, but we, but we talked about that. I, I had, had heard word, you know, quite a few months ago that they were really um, even going to cut down more and maybe make it a weekly newspaper. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any fact in that, Bob, but you're right. They Their employees are... You know that they're dwindling because they've moved everything. Well, not only that, but I think the the number of readers has reduced substantially. I mean, we quit the Naples Daily News, and they called us up and said, "We want you to come back." <laughs> yeah, they, they, they'd almost send it to us for free. I, I'm not saying they do; they don't. But uh, the point being is, I think they're desperate for subscribers because that's the only way they can promote their advertising and their advertising revenue is if they have people who read the paper. Right, right. Well, the, and that and that that makes sense, you know. Um, so, did you follow any of the uh, uh, Johnny Depp uh, Amber Heard trial? You know, I didn't follow it, but I did uh, take a look at the outcome and then what happened. Fifteen million dollar judgment in favor of Johnny Depp. That kind of surprised me, because anymore, if there's, it's uh, you know, when you take a look at what's going on, it's amazing to me that somebody could get a settlement for uh, defamation. Right, right. Uh, I agree. I I watched. Um, I hate to admit it. I mean, but uh, <laughs> I I did watch some some of that um, because it was like a it was like a uh, uh, it was like a new TV series. But yeah. um, um, I think you know. Look, I, I there's a lot to this, but um, um, 
I'm I'm glad I'm glad that they sold it that way. I'm I wasn't in, uh, for anybody watching that. I was just interested in watching it, you know, with no opinion. But um, she played it up pretty big, I'll tell you. Well, what got my um, attention is that, is that apparently they're claiming that it's the end of the Me Too movement. In other words, we don't always believe yes. women, and uh, I thought that was an interesting take on it because I see that as just another form of identity politics. And if in fact we're seeing a reduction in that, maybe that'll lead to other things. Like, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're correct. And uh, the city, they uh, had, they only had three meetings this week. So, um, uh, I think there are two meetings anyway. But uh, they just can't help them. So, Bob, we watched with, we watched um, uh, in neutral positions, not rooting one way or the other for any particular thing, and. Um, they just can't help micromanaging. Yeah. I mean, let the city manager do his job, the new city manager, but they have to have their noses stuck into everything. You can't take a staff decision. Or uh, one of the remarks yesterday from the from the uh, uh, head planner, um, she said, well, I guess the, what you're saying to me is that um, administrate, we're not doing any administrative on these items. Uh, you, The council wants to see everything come back to, in front of them. And that was the answer. Uh, yes. So, you know, it's like um, it's like you got to have some trust in the people that work for you. But I, they are, I can't uh, and, and especially Vice Mayor McCabe. Yeah, I, I got I got to think that the uh, staff has got to have that doesn't help morale at all when you're not empowering people to uh, do their jobs. Uh, that's got to be very demoralizing for people that are working for the city. Right. And, and I'll tell you, I really do like the new city manager. I, I, I really do. He's a he's a pretty sharp guy, but I don't know whether they'll they'll um, smother him or not. But I think he's doing some pretty good things down there. He's meeting with staff. He's working on things. He's listening to council and making some very, very good suggestions to council for them to think about <clears throat> over, over the summer. And um, so <clears throat> I'm hoping that he will he will he will be retained and stay on and uh, and enjoy it and make his home here so <clears throat> that'll time will tell yep well we really appreciate your keeping uh your ear to the ground for us bill and letting us know what's happening in the city of naples giving us the inside scoop genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us well bob uh take care and have a good weekend thank you so much bill well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> we have some terrific guests for tomorrow's show, including uh, we have William Yateman, who is the research fellow at the Cato Institute. Always appreciate his commentary on what's happening on Capitol Hill. Byron Donalds is our U.S. congressman. Look forward to a conversation with Byron about, Byron about what's going on also. Sally Williams is a, a books for Kaya Kids. We'll look forward to a visit with Sally Williams. She's on the board, as well as Larry Bell, Larry is an endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of several books, his latest on space, uh, the space uh, program. He co-wrote the book with uh, Buzz Aldrin. We'll look forward to visit with Larry Bell as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com.